Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 895, air date March 12, 2021. Good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Hope you're all having a good night. It's a little bit late, but we're going to start shortly. And um, today's talk is really, it's going to be a, a quick one, but I promise I do this. It's to really honor uh, uh, Alan McDonald, you know, who died on March 6th. And I thought it'd be interesting to, to discuss who Alan McDonald is. Um, some of you may know him, some of you may not, but I consider him a, a, a great hero, not only for the uh, America, but for the world in many, many ways. He really set the standard of what it means to be a, uh, a human being in my view. So I wanna talk about Alan McDonald and uh, uh, tell you a little bit about what he did and why it's important and why it's relevant to modern times. So I'll wait till people are joining us. So let's see what we have here. I have to start this again. Let's go back here. Okay. So we're going live on uh, Instagram here. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for your kind comments. So as people are joining in, uh, we have people on Instagram uh, coming in also. And we have people who are back on YouTube and Facebook and a uh, little bit of access to Periscope and Twitch and also on our own channel. Okay, so let's start. Good evening. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I want to talk to you about a, an incredible gentleman who passed away on March 6th uh, of this year. His name is Alan McDonald. Um, how many people know who Alan McDonald is? I mean, I put it in some of the texts. Are anyone familiar with who he is? Anyone? Hello from Australia. Hello from Japan. Good to have you guys. Someone said, uh, let's see, who is Alan McDonald? He's one ethics, something lost, also NASA lost, exactly. Um, yeah, so Alan McDonald was, a, was an uh, incredible fellow. So we have to, to order, in order to understand Alan McDonald, uh, we have to review back the Challenger disaster. Some of you may know, I don't know how old some of you are, but on January 28th, in um, 1986, the Challenger space shuttle blew up. And what's really interesting is I used to love to watch the shuttle launches. And I remember I was at MIT and I was living in Boston on, on Burbank Street in Boston, a small apartment. And I got up really early that morning, which is the 28th. Uh, I remember this vividly. And I, I know the space shuttle launch was it, was, it was supposed to go off at 5.30 a.m., I think. So I got up. And I remember looking at the space shuttle and they did, and they did some close-ups and there was all this ice all over the shuttle and the rockets. And I remember seeing these huge icicles and I said, there's no way they're gonna launch this. I said, that sort of looks dangerous because I'd never seen that any amount of um, icicles on the space shuttle. But I have to tell you, I remember this so vividly. So it was at 5.30, I got up, saw all these icicles and I thought they were gonna launch and it looks there was a launch delay. I went back to bed. And I think I remember getting back up several hours later and all I see is a picture of the space shuttle blowing up. So it was quite profound because there was uh, a guy on there who was an MIT alumni, Ron McNair, a great guy. So he was, uh, and it was I think the first time uh, Sally, forget her last name, she was one of the teachers that also went up on that space shuttle. So it was a quite an important, I mean, it was a very momentous, uh, there was a lot of momentous space shuttle event, but I remember getting up, seeing those icicles and I'd never seen that. And I and thought to myself, 
it would be ridiculous if they're going to launch because this is in Florida and you saw or uh, or the Cape where there was all these um, icicles. So anyway, um, what what happened? Um, someone said, what's my site? People want to go to my website. It's vashiva.com, victoralphashiva.com. And um, uh, by the way, if you want to go sign up as a Truth, Freedom and Health Warrior, go to vashiva.com slash join. But what I want to, the reason I'm bringing this up is Alan McDonald was an engineer. You know, he was born in uh, Billings, Montana, and uh, he went to work at the age of, I think, 22 or something for Morton Thiokol. So who's Morton Thiokol? Morton Thiokol is a company that got the contract to build the solid rocket boosters uh, for the space shuttle. And Alan McDonald was a, uh, you know, was a, a chemical engineer. Remember, a lot of this is chemistry. And by the way, um, these, you know, the entire space shuttle project is a massive systems project. It's not like you're just trying to do one thing while well, you're trying to do many, many things with lots of moving parts. Um, someone said I should do a video on Robert S. Harrington, former supervisor astronomer. I'll do that. Robert S. Harrington. Sure. So, um, so, so, um, uh, McDonald, uh, Alan McDonald was a serious engineer, um, got his PhD and was, uh, a, a, you know, ended up becoming a, sen a, a senior level person at Morton, M-O-R-T-O-N hyphen thiokol, which was really charted to do all uh, the solid rocket boosters. So what are the solid rocket boosters? Let me just show you what they are and I'll make sure I can keep everyone connected here. So let's go to what the solid rocket boosters look like. And this is what they look like. So if you look at the space shuttle, um, over here, let's see if everyone can see that. I think everyone can see this here. Yep. So if you see the space shuttle over here, right, it has these boosters, right? It's a solid rocket boosters. They're right here. And they were done in four pieces. So when Morton Thiokol made them, you have segment one, you know, you had the second segment over here, you had the third segment, and then the fourth segment. And you notice that these um, rocket boosters are connected, interconnected by these O-rings, okay? That's what they are. Uh, and they were never really tested uh, for really cold temperatures. And there was always issues about these O-rings anyway. And if you talk if you talk to people at Morton Thiokol, people would say there were always concerns because they knew the O-ring was far from ideal. You know, gases could uh, you know, escape between this. And it was always a sort of uh, problematic issue. It wasn't like it was not unknown. Uh, but anyway, these O-rings, these little circles right here, are the things that, you know, were the seals between the components, okay? So these seals were very, very important, and they were really tested, you know, for certain temperatures. But these are the solid rocket boosters, and uh, Roger, uh, sorry, Alan McDonald, uh, there's another guy, Roger Beaujolais, who was one of his, um, was really the, uh, one of the chief engineers uh, responsible for this development, and he knew a lot about this. Now, getting back, the the it's important to understand that the the solid rocket boosters they were rated typically to launch um, in a temperature around four degrees Celsius, which means forty degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, that means eight degrees above freezing. Okay, thirty two degrees Fahrenheit, and um, and the te temperatures uh, on that launch day were considerably below that. In fact, it was uh, at, it was at a predicted minus one degree Celsius, which would be 30 degrees Fahrenheit, which is what? Which is about 10 degrees below 
the temperature. Uh, with, and the overnight temperatures were 18 degrees um, you know, Fahrenheit, which is minus eight degrees Celsius. So, that, so on January 27th, during the launch preparations for the Challenger, this was the 10th mission. It was STS-51-11. So um, uh, the engineers knew, Thiokol engineers, which means the, the bottom level engineers, not the management, uh, but the engineers knew, well, the management also knew, we'll get to that, but the um, engineers, um, including, you know, Alan McDonald, uh, discussed the weather conditions with NASA and Marshall Space Flight Center. And they felt um, that, you know, the, definitely the shuttle should not be launching. Um, and they were well aware that those O-ring joints, that joint solution, which connected those boosters, were far from ideal, okay? And they pointed that out uh, they could not guarantee, so the engineers told management, look, they couldn't guarantee that the joints uh, could even seal properly at temperatures below 54 degrees, okay? So you're talking about the temperatures on that day uh, where, you know, that night were 30 degrees Fahrenheit, okay, which was below freezing. And the O-rings, uh, you know, they knew they couldn't seal, you know, uh, uh, below 54 degrees or 12 degrees centigrade because the rubber on that became less flexible, it became very tough, and 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 therefore the seal, uh, th therefore, uh, and th and thus was less able to seal um, those segments, uh, joints at those low temperatures, right? Because you had those four segments, and they knew below that low temperature got stiff, and they they basically couldn't guarantee um, uh, it could be sealed. In fact, they argued for the launch date to be postponed until the temperatures increased. Okay. So the engineers led by McDonald argued, hey, don't launch this. And that's, I remember this. I, remember, I saw it just visually in 80, you know, that morning. And I said, there's no way they're going to launch this. This looks crazy. And I want you to listen to Alan McDonald. Um, you know, he did a talk talking about that uh, morning. Um, and, and, and they wanted him to sign off on the launch. They wanted him to take the hit. Um, and he wouldn't do it. And I want you to listen to this, what, what he actually shared here. So let me share this with you, with everyone here. So let me go to the uh, Chrome window. I'm going to play it. Hopefully everyone can hear it. But let me play this for you. Let me see if everyone can see it. I think you guys can see it. So let me play this for you here. That's why I was there. And I made the smartest decision I ever made in my lifetime. I refused to sign it. Now, I didn't think it was un totally unethical that the NASA people questioned how we arrived at that decision and the data we presented. What was unethical is they knew that we had a moral obligation to always prove what was safe. And what they had just done was put the engineering people in a position to prove that it would fail. That's a totally different question. You're never supposed to do that. And in fact, the final decision, which I didn't know at the time, I found out later, was that the uh, general manager uh, decided not to listen to the engineers who still felt that it was too risky and tried to convince him not to change the decision, even though he thought that NASA had some good questions and he kind of agreed with them. Uh, he decided that he was going to pull his management team which ended up as only the vice presidents as to whether we should launch or not. Now, this was 
at the time, all unknown to me because I was uh, back at the Cape. But I was so disturbed with the change in the launch recommendation, and we were waiting for the written recommendation to come back from our plant in Utah, that I turned to the NASA management people and I said, you know, I said, uh, I really don't feel comfortable with that decision. I don't agree with it. But more importantly, you cannot even accept that recommendation. They says, what do you mean, Al? I said, you cannot accept it because you know and I know that you're asking us to fly those solid rocket motors outside a temperature that's been qualified to fly in. And you can't do that. So that was Alan McDonald, who basically uh, had to, you know, here's NASA, here's his management, multi-billion dollar company, big contract with NASA, and he's under all this pressure to sign it to launch and he wouldn't do it, okay? Now, the shuttle blows up, right, after that, and there's a lot of guilt. And what uh, Alan McDonald talks about is he said, you know, it took him a while to realize that he really didn't have any guilt to be concerned about because he said, I did the, and, and he, in his talks already he goes, he said, do the right thing for the right reason at the right time with the right people. So right thing for the right reason at the right time with the right people. And... Um, Regret for things which one did are tempered by time, whereas a regret for things we do not do not do will always remain. So it's a very important thing to understand. So from an engineering ethics standpoint, you know, in engineering, we talk about this. What he did was he did the right thing, you know, at the right time with the right people. And he had no regrets. And, you know, he recently died. And I was looking at this relative to what's going on in this country right now, because it is very easy to get in, in the current environment, particularly politicians, particularly lawyers, um, it's hard to get very disheartened because you start thinking about who can you actually trust. And it's very great to hear his story and his, and what he actually did was because he actually stood up. Now, his management didn't. They threw him under the bus. In fact, they demoted him after that. He went into a big Senate hearing and finally that he was vindicated. Uh, it's a long testimony. You can see it online. You can look up Alan McDonald's testimony. But the point is that engineering systems are extremely complicated. And one of the things I want to share is, you know, when Kennedy gave a very famous speech in 1962 to the National Academy of Sciences, he was talking to these scientists and engineers, and he said, you know, we live in an uh, a unfortunate conundrum with democracy right now, because he goes, people like him, politicians, we rely on you looking at engineers to tell us what decisions to make. So Basically, you know, millions of people elect the president, but when it comes to decision-making, the president outsources decisions on very complex systems to a small group of engineers and scientists. And what Kennedy was saying was, this has become the conundrum of democracy because the systems, when I mean transportation systems, healthcare systems, electronic voting systems, uh, you know, space systems, these have become extremely complicated systems. And that's why I want to educate all of you on the foundations of systems. And I'll put the ticker here because I push this a lot because I see this in the modern world as the only way out. If I can, if it's sort of my mission, it become my big mission at this point is to educate people on a systems approach to looking at everything, the science of systems. So when you look at all these complex systems in the world, there are few people who understand these systems. In fact, not any one person can understand all of them. So there has to be a science to systems, which is, you know, you have to make 
decision-making becomes very important. What is the goal? What is the decision? Uh, what data do we have? And there's a whole art and a science to this. And I put together a course that I can teach anyone this in about three hours. But what Alan McDonald was sharing was that he, as an engineer who'd been there since he was a 22-year-old kid, he joined Morton Thiokol in 19, I think, 59. Uh, he grew up in Billings, Montana. But, you know, he was a dedicated engineer. And he stood his ground and said, I'm not going to sign this. You know, he got a lot of heat for that. But he made the right decision. You know, when I... Uh, decided uh, to look at these electronic voting systems. A lot of my colleagues who are very smart people said, oh, you know, we don't have fraud in this country. Um, and if you notice what he just said here, he said it is not for them, for for us as, he said they, they were having the engineers prove that it could not fail, okay? That's a very screwed up thing. That's like saying prove to me that we don't have fraud, okay? It is not for me, when you look at these electronic voting systems, you as citizens should not be proving that they don't have fraud or they do have fraud. They should be proving that they don't have fraud, which means the government who runs these electronic voting machines, right? And they can do that by, if they save ballot images, if they do proper handling of things, if they don't certify machines, which can have algorithms. So I'm telling you that the electronic voting machines problem is an engineering systems problem, just like the space shuttle is. And ethical engineers, which, you know, I, you know, I strive to be, is that's why I'm involved in this thing and wanting to expose the voting systems, just like um, uh, Alan McDonald stood his ground because these systems, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wrong statement to think like this, like the Morton Thiokol or NASA was saying, well, prove to us that it, that won't fail. You know, what you're saying is from an engineering standpoint, hey, these O-rings have never been tested at these temperatures, at these cold temperatures, and they're outside of their range of ever being tested protocol-wise, and they never, that the flight should never have gone up. But, you know, there's money on the line, a lot of money, because people get uh, paid for delivering uh, certain things. Um, and that's why NASA, probably people on, on you know, probably bonuses, we don't, we don't know all the details, but Clearly, they rushed this because there were incentives to do the launch, just like there are incentives on these voting systems to hide things. So everyone's, you know, shut up and fall in line. So I think that's what the main thing I wanted to share with you about Alan McDonald. He truly was a great man, a great engineer. He stood his ground. He passed away recently. And I think these are the kinds of people, to me, that are expressions of truth, freedom and health. He fought for the truth. He fought for the health of others, and he tried to fight for open conversation. He was shut down, shut down by NASA, shut down by his management. So, but he stood his ground. So he did the right thing, um, you know, um, at the right time with the right people. So he has no regrets. I'm sure many of those other people, many, I think some of them should have gone to jail, didn't do the right thing. So anyway, I hope this helps. I hope all of you understand that. In, an engineer like uh, Alan McDonald, uh, the, um, the engineering systems approach I'm teaching you aims to help you do the right thing, you know, at the right time with the right people. And that's what's needed right now. We don't need to do the wrong things by following any of these political parties left or right. They don't care about doing the right thing at the right time for the right people, as Alan McDonald talked about. They want to do the wrong thing when it's convenient for them if it makes them a lot of money.
be it Bernie Sanders, be it Donald Trump, be it left or right, Democrat or Republican, they do not want to do the right thing. They do not understand systems. They don't value life. They don't value engineering because they never had to build anything. They never had to fix anything. So, you know, the big takeaway is we got to do the right thing with the right people at the right time. And what we're trying to do at BA Shiva is build a movement, a bottoms up movement. And this may not seem for some of you will get it right away. But the only way that we're going to get to truth, freedom and health is a bottoms up movement by doing the right thing with the right people at the right time. And for me, those right people are around 50,000 truth, freedom and health warriors that I want to have a community of over the next year. But to get to that, people have to be willing to commit, support this movement, contribute to it. But mo more importantly, contribute and commit to getting educated. You know, um, I can tell you the engineering discipline is an amazing discipline. You can't bullshit people. Um, scientists can bullshit people, doctors can bullshit people, lawyers can, but engineers can't because if we build something that blows up, you know, you know, you did something, you write a piece of software, there's a bug and you can't run away from it. You can't politic your way out of it. And that's what we need. There is a science to all systems, be it the space shuttle, there's a science to electronic voting systems, there's a science to political systems, and there is truth. You can't bullshit your way like we've been used to, people doing slogans and making promises. So if we want a better world, I think Alan McDonald is a great, you know, exemplification of that. Again, to those of you joining, Alan McDonald was a guy who stood firm, was a whistleblower on the space shuttle disaster. And I wanted to honor him today. So um, one way you can honor him is recognize that you too should understand systems. Uh, you know, these systems are very complicated systems. So uh, anyway, I hope this helps. I, I look for, if, let me see if there's any questions here. Um, uh, let's see. Please help us stop the national experiment, okay? Someone said, uh, another false Hollywood, 1969 moon leading by the U.S. I don't believe your friend McDonald. Oh, okay. I didn't know he was involved. Uh, another false Hollywood, 19... Could be. Uh, it, I think we should do a whole thing on it. Someone said you're wrong about President Trump. Well, let's have a discussion about that, Jennifer. What am I wrong about? Let's talk about this. Um, look, I contributed to Trump. I've been a big supporter of his, uh, helped him with all the election fraud thing, did all the analysis, didn't get a penny for it. Neither did all the guys that work for us. They raised $300 million. What you have to understand, and I just shared this with people, is this the way you want to understand? You want to remove emotions out of it. When you take the Truth, Freedom and Health Warrior course, you'll learn that you'll learn the foundations of systems. You will understand that there are three principles. There's a scientist. You can become a political physicist, not a political scientist, a political physicist to really understand the nuclear physics of movements. One of the things you'll understand is the interrelation between truth, freedom and health. You'll understand the relationship of why we need to build a bottoms up movement. But third, you'll understand the not so obvious establishment. OK, that's what Trump is. That's what Bernie is. Let me explain. The eagle, the American eagle has two sides, a left and a right, okay? The shoulders of the American eagle, think about that, that's close to the head, which is the establishment, which is one, is the Republican and the Democrat. And the establishment in that model means people like hardcore, let's say on the right, Mitch McConnell, the Romneys, right? Um, those kind of people. And then on the, the left establishment, you have the Clintons and you have the Bidens, you know, the Obamas, okay? 
everyone knows they're the establishment. But remember, the eagle doesn't get aloft unless it flaps its wings and creates enough you know, air to create it lift, right? Well, those are the feathers and those are the wings on the right and the left. And what I want you to think about is this, that the establishment creates its own not so obvious establishment element on the left and the right. So on the left, you know, they have the black guys like Al Sharpton who take advantage of poor blacks. They have the Bernie Sanders who take advantage of students, talks a good game. AOC who talks a good game about workers. They're the barkers who people call the radical left, but they are used to keep people like you, working people, um, convinced, oh, there's some good people who run for politics. Oh, look at these people. They're talking a good, but these people talk the talk. They're not working people. They're not engineers. They're not plumbers. They're not electricians. You know, Bernie Sanders, what was Bernie Sanders? Bernie Sanders was fundamentally a, you know, a couch surfer, never had a job, failed carpenter, failed erotic novel writer. That's who that, the guys, go look at AOC. All right. These people aren't people who've actually ever had to solve problems bottoms up. They are people who talk a game and the left of the establishment wants these people. They need these people. And this is what you have to get over your naivete. They need these people to rile up the working class as though the Democrats care for them. Okay. So that's on the left. On the right, similarly, you have people like the Tucker Carlson's, right? The uh, conservative Inc., the CPACs. And now you have Trump. They talk a good game. Lock her up, right? Uh, dot, 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 America first, China's a problem, right? They have their lingo. But at the end of the day, they don't serve the working people. Their goal is to talk a good game, but ultimately bring stuff back into the shoulder of the Republican Party. And you see Trump doing that right now. He's he, he just like Bernie, who barks at the DNC to, as though there's some uh, you know, they're against some, they have a fight going on and whether they do or not, it's to keep his brand equity. Trump is doing that now with the RNC. He's not saying screw the Republicans. He's not saying screw the two party system. He has opportunities there. He's just started a super PAC with a complete scumbag called Corey Lewandowski, who's going to make a lot of money doing this. It's about making money guys. Over the last four years, Hillary did not get locked up. That was a slogan. So wake up to that. It may be hard to swallow that. You have to critique what's real. But today you have two, you have the big win. That's why McConnell's saying, yeah, I'll support Trump, right? That's why Bernie bowed down to Biden. And that's why ultimately these guys will work together. So if you follow the wings of the not so obvious establishment, which serves the establishment, that's where you're going to get fooled, okay? And it's not anything personal. Bernie may be a nice person. Trump may be a nice person. That's not what it's about. These people service the establishment. This is why you need to take a systems approach. So just like, you know, Alan McDonald, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth. Um, and you have to start doing the right thing at the right time with the right people. If you don't do the right thing at the right time with the right people, you're fooling people. I could stand here and say, well, Trump's a great guy. Yeah, I voted for him. Let's keep following that. No, you have to do the right thing at the right time with the right people. The right people are our truth, freedom, and health warriors. The right time is now. And the right thing is to vocalize these critiques. And if you don't do that, you're part of a cult. And that's what ha was happening with the NASA thing. They were part of the NASA Morton call cult, okay? You can't be members of a cult. That's when disasters take place. That's the space shuttle blowing up.
Next question. What do we got here? Um, Trump picked a bunch of swamp monsters. Yes. Let's talk about this. Okay. What an unlucky guy. Okay. Well, you have to understand, um, there were many Trumpers out there. After he got into office, you didn't see Trumpers in there. You saw opportunists come in and out. Why was Jared Kushner in there? And Ivanka, these people are completely unqualified. You know, Jared Kushner is now getting a hundred, I think he's in the middle of doing a hundred million, half a billion dollar loan with Israel for his companies. Okay. Jared Kushner, father gave $2.5 million to Harvard. That's how he got in. Jared Kushner ran slums, slums in Somerville here. Trump did not, did not pardon Assange or Snowden. He did pardon Jared Kushner's father who hired a prostitute against his own brother-in-law, all right, and was in jail. So you have to understand that we have to put aside our good feelings and get out of the cult. And that's why I'm trying to do the right thing with, you know, at the right time with the right people. And it's not about the individual Trump or the individual Bernie. We don't know these people. You have to look at politically, the from a system standpoint, what they serve. They serve the system right now to keep your faith thinking Trump is going to do something and something's going to happen. But ultimately, it's to keep you connected to the two wings of the establishment. Yep. And the other thing you need to understand is Trump didn't really want to go after the hardcore issue. OK, he didn't really want to go after the computer algorithms. Ne neither do the Democrats. The Democrats, you know, do the ruse. Oh, voter suppression. That's been the Democrat side of voting. And then the Republicans do the thing on mail-in votes. Neither of them are the issue, guys. The real issue is the electronic voting systems where the computer algorithms can be turned on and the national state election directors, Democrat and Republican, have been approving these. So get out of the Republican, Democrat, Trump, no Trump, left-right narrative. You're fooling yourselves and you're essentially going to manipulate yourselves. You're not doing the right thing. This is why... I encourage all of you to take a step back, just like I wouldn't try to go, you know, be a nuclear engineer. I don't know anything about it. I wouldn't try to go do things that I haven't had the training in. If we're going to build a movement, a political movement, there is a physics. And that physics is what I've put together. It took me 40 years to put this together. The same system science that exists to understand your telephone or your computer or the climate systems. There is a common science of everything, and that is the science of systems. You can use that science to understand how to build a political movement, and that's why you can easily call out a swamp rat very quickly or the not-so-obvious establishment. Uh, someone says, uh, Trump was a selection. Yes, good question. Justin is bringing an interesting issue. Look. If you actually study the actual, go back to 2002 and you find out that in the voting manuals is the actual features in these systems to actually multiply votes by a factor. This is in the manuals. People have known about this since 2002. Democrat and Republican have kept quiet. So we have selections in this country. We don't have elections. We don't have elections. We have selections. So the people that get elected are people who are not going to cause a problem, 
Definitely, it's not going to be people who come bottoms up who, who, who can't be controlled, guys like myself. Um, it's going to be people who they know will serve a particular purpose. All right. So I've talked about the Great Reset. You can go read uh, my analysis, what occurred with Trump, uh, et cetera. But today, uh, we, I'll do another talk tomorrow on the ele entire election piece. And in fact, there's a lot of interest. I'll do one detail and I'll talk about America first. I'll talk about you know, how we're distracting everyone by pointing stuff at China, even though China is an enemy of the United States, but the real enemies are right here in this country. So we'll come back to that. That's why when you take a systems approach, it lets you go look at the real problems and the real solutions. Otherwise, we're going to get distracted. So anyway, for those of you who encourage people out there who are truth, freedom, and health warriors, tell people to go become a truth, freedom, and health warrior. You got to learn system science. Without learning system science, you're basically like a babe in the woods walking around and you, you're basically do not understand the physics and you can be taken advantage of and you're going to go down different directions. You have It's like me telling you to be, go fix my uh, hot water heater and you, you don't even have any training in plumbing or go uh, fix a transformer at my building. You don't even have a degree uh, in engineering or you haven't, you're not a journeyman master electrician, right? Well, you're going to go build a movement and you don't have the phys physics understanding? Nah, it's not going to happen. There's no way. You're talking about some of the strongest forces, you know, in political history. And to fight them, we have to have a science and engineering science. And that's what I've created. So please take advantage of it. And again, we've got to do the right thing. This is an honor of Alan McDonald, you know, with the right people at the right time. And that includes critiquing people. Uh, or exposing things that aren't true, no matter the hit that we take for it. I support a Trump. A lot of you support a Trump, right? But we still have to look at this and assess what's going on. Thank you. Oh, by the way, before I end, everyone knows I always play uh, our video. And I encourage everyone to go to vashiva.com, support this movement. As you know, we have our infrastructure. It's a technology platform we built, but it's got education. We, have, we support community. And then we have tools, you know, for example, tools like this that you can go educate people on immunity or you can educate, go educate people on oral health and masks. This is about building a movement by giving you the nuclear physics of what it takes. Three hours every Monday evening, I teach that. Then you're going to build community with others, with amazing people all over the world who are very, very politically astute, conscious people. And you want to be part of that community. And then we give you activities to do on the ground. Tomorrow, you're going to see the big thing we're launching with clean elections. Uh, keep an eye out for it. We have a program that everyone can participate in, but become a truth, freedom, and health warrior, become a supporter. And I'll just take you over to the site. Let me go over here. If you go to vashiva.com slash join, you'll, you'll understand what I'm saying. Um, as it says, you're welcome to VA Shiva, the revolutionary platform being developed by Dr. Shiva, the man who invented email. That platform provides foundational educational curricula, innovative tools to empower you to be a force to deliver real solutions to affect truth, freedom, and health in your local community. And if you go here, you could, you know, we're buying hardware, we're putting infrastructure for you, for all of us, and you can enroll in the Foundations of Systems program. You, um, if you want, if you commit to becoming a warrior, please do that, or you can just get some of the course material, or you can just join as a member. But become a member. It's time we build our movement. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. I'll finish up with the video. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within 
And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. We got to train people. First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, we don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people. They have to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, Get celebrities, you've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own, quote unquote, people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics and I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. 
And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on V as in Victor A. Shiva, vashiva.com. So people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to vashiva, Victory America Shiva, vashiva.com. All right, everyone, hope you have a good evening. Tomorrow we're going to be launching our clean elections movement. Uh, keep an eye out for it and keep an eye out for all of our truth, freedom, and health warriors. We have thousands of them all over the world now, and we want to get up to 50,000 by the end of this year. I hope you become a part of the community and support the platform. Do it for yourself. Uh, do it for our futures. Uh, again, uh, I want to honor Roger, I'm sorry, Alan McDonald, Roger Beausoleil, was the other engineer that was also a great man. But uh, Alan McDonald's who passed away on March 6th. Thank you, everyone. Have a good evening. Be well.